Now, leaven, it's used to make dough rise, as we know. It is an influence that affects gradual change. Symbolically, in the Bible, it's seen as a type of evil or sin throughout the Bible. And with the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it was to mark this feast, mark the departure of Israel from Egypt. As we know, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us, 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Since truly you are unleavened, for indeed Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So this relates to the purity of Jesus Christ ultimately in the sinless life of Christ. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. So Exodus chapters 11 and 12, we're coming to that final plague, the 10 plagues that God sent to Egypt in order that the Egyptians would force Israel out of their land and to take the very hard heart of Pharaoh that he would plea with Moses and Aaron to take their people out. That will happen in our study tonight. And then the unleavened bread. We're going to talk about leaven here. As I said, we come back to that verses 15 through 20. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses, for whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh, that person shall be cut off. When the Bible talks about someone being cut off, especially here in the Old Testament, it usually meant cut off, death. It's a nice way of saying it, but they should be cut off. So they would clean the leaven out of their houses. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. On the seventh day, there shall be a holy convocation for you. So like the Sabbath day, no manner of work should be done on them that everyone must eat that which is only prepared by you. So you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on that same day, I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. In the first day of the month, on the 14th day of the month, at evening, you shall eat the unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month that evening. Seven days, no leaven shall be found in your houses, since whoever eats 
What is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation, whether he is a stranger or a native in the land. You shall eat nothing leavened in all your dwellings. You shall eat unleavened bread. And so the first and the seventh day, those feasts of unleavened bread, during that time, there was that day of Sabbath. It would be just like it was a Sabbath day to them. They were not to do any manner of work on the first and the seventh day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. During the feast, their whole house would be swept clean of leaven. To this day in Israel, the Orthodox Jews sweep their houses clean. They even hire services to come in to make sure there's no leaven spilled in the house. And then ceremonially, the dad who does nothing takes a feather and wipes a counter and says the house, he declares the house clean of leaven. That's his job. It's clean. Somebody else does all the cleaning, but dad gets to say it's clean. Now leaven, it's used to make dough rise, as we know. It is an influence that affects gradual change. Symbolically in the Bible, it's seen as a type of evil or sin throughout the Bible. And with the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it was to mark this feast, mark the departure of Israel from Egypt. And so they were to have this unleavened bread. And as we know, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Since truly you are unleavened, for indeed, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So this relates to the purity of Jesus Christ ultimately in the sinless life of Christ. And so they were to remember these things, to keep the destroyer from coming into their houses, to take the leaven out of their house. So the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, is prophetically speaking of Jesus. And I believe that Jesus entered. And this is me personally. We know that he did come during Passover. Personally, I believe that he entered on the 10th of Nisan, the day that all Israel was to set aside a lamb. The Lamb of God came riding down the street of Jerusalem on a donkey with the people crying out, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then on the 14th of Nisan, Jesus was nailed to the cross where he died for our sins. When all Israel on that Passover feast, and it's when you put the Gospels together, it's a little tricky there, but it seems that they're trying to rush Jesus to the cross that they could get to their Passover meal but I think within that 24-hour period, we find that the day that they were killing their Passover lambs was the day that Christ would be crucified. As it said in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, for indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. And the only way that we can keep the destroyer from coming upon our lives is by applying the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, to the lintel and doorposts of our hearts. And so the destroyer, verses 21 through 23, it tells us, Moses called for the elders of Israel and said to them, pick out and take lambs for yourself according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin 
and strike the lintel and the two door posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses and strike you. So now Moses giving the instructions that God had given to him to the people of Israel. It reminds us of Paul when talking about the communion meal. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians eleven thirteen, that which I have received from the Lord, I also give unto you. It is what we're supposed to do. The Lord teaches us we should share what the Lord teaches us with others. Moses explained everything about the Passover meal. From the selecting of the lamb to the slaughtering of it four days later, he taught them to take the hyssop, to use it as a paintbrush, to apply the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts of their homes. Once this was done, they were to remain inside the house until morning. And those who were faithful to follow the commands of the Lord would discover that God's promise that the destroyer did not come into their house, but rather passed over their homes. The New Testament Passover verse, one of them, found in John 5, 24. It tells us, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my words and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. New Testament Passover verse, Jesus saying, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me will not come into judgment. The destroyer will not come upon you because you have passed from death into life. 24 through 28, so you shall observe these things as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. It will come to pass when you come into the land which the Lord will give you just as he promised that you shall keep his service. And it will be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? Why are you setting the lamb apart? Why, Dad, did you bring the lamb into the house, let us play with the lamb for four days, and now you're killing the lamb? That would be hard on kids, right? What do you mean by this service? That you will say, verse 27, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshiped. And then the children of Israel went away and did so, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. They've been repeating. First God told Moses what he was about to do. He told him how to take the lamb. Moses then told the children of Israel what they should do, how they should conduct themselves. And now they're at that place where everyone is obedient. So they did, just as the Lord commanded them. Every Passover lamb was killed that night and until the time of Christ. Every Passover lamb killed until the time of Christ. Look forward to the day when the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, was nailed to the cross. We're there on the cross, according to John 19, 13. Not a bone of his was broken. 
and where his body was taken down that very night and laid in a tomb. Understanding the sacrifice of Jesus makes our commemoration of his sacrifice, the communion meal, the uh, Easter celebrations that we celebrate, becoming an important part of our own faith. To where a child at communion on a Sunday morning, and they see the bread and the cup, and they might ask their parents, why are we eating in church? You said I couldn't bring crackers in church. And suddenly, everybody's having a cracker and drinking some juice. This is like Sunday school downstairs, but we're doing it upstairs now. Why is that? You get to teach your children why we do that. On Easter, you get to teach them about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, to pass it on to others that they too might believe. So that night, a great cry went out in Egypt, verses 29 through 36. Got some reading to do here. Picking up in verse 29. And it came to pass at midnight, the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on the throne, to the firstborn of the captive, who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the livestock. So Pharaoh rose in the night, he, all his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go, serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone and bless me also. And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land with haste, for they said, We shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. They couldn't wait for Israel to get out of their land at this point. As in the nation of Egypt. Remember, a society that worshipped death when death struck every household, as the Bible tells us, they couldn't wait to get Israel out of their land. And we also noticed that no more compromise. Over the last couple of weeks, I've talked about how Pharaoh had tried to get Moses to compromise. I even related it to the church today over the last couple of years with the COVID restrictions and mandates and how so many have compromised in their worship of the Lord, and many have. I can tell you this, I've still not seen everyone return that was worshiping at this church before the 15 days to slow the spread. I see them watching online sometimes, but they haven't walked in the church doors. And maybe they're going to a different church. Statistically, many people are just not going to church anymore. They have compromised so much so that they have compromised their worship with God. It is not how we should be. But the Egyptians encouraged Israel to leave quickly. Pharaoh now saying, 
Go, no more compromise. Take your animals, take your children. Just go, do what you've asked. And they went out so quickly, they didn't have time to add the yeast. And they went out with the blessing and the sense of the Egyptians, receiving from them articles of silver, of gold, and clothing. They plundered Egypt just as the Lord had prophesied over 600 years earlier to Abram in Genesis 15. And Psalm 105, 37 also speaks of this, saying, He also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribes. Israel was a healthy bunch. They not only went out with wealth, they were healthy, they were strong, none feeble among his tribes. On that very same day, verses 37 through 42, the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth. Sukkoth means booths. About 600,000 men on foot, besides children. And so that's where we get the count of some 2 million went out. If you have 600,000 men, women, wives to go with the men, children could easily number 2 million or more, especially the size families they had back in that day. So a mixed multitude, verse 38, went up with them also, the herds and flocks, a great deal of livestock, and they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they had brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared provisions for themselves. Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. It came to pass at the end of 430 years, on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out of the land of Egypt. It is a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord, a solemn observance for all the children of Israel throughout all their generations. I love that phrase in verse 41, on that very same day, the day that the Lord brought them in, in the very same day, 430 years later, God brought them out. This tells me that God's timing was perfect, and God's timing is always perfect. In Galatians 3, verses 16 through 18, the word of God tells us now to Abraham and to his seed where the promise is made. It does not say to seeds as many, but as of one and to your seed who is the Christ. And this I say that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should not make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, then it is no longer a promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. But here, Paul mentioning the 430 years. And what is the promise? Well, for Abraham, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. The same can be said of us today. When we place our faith in Jesus Christ, it is accounted to us that we are righteous. Verses 43 through 51, 43 through 51, we find a review of the Passover, and he adds a few details about servants and strangers. So I'll just read out the last remaining verses. 
And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat it. But every man's servant who is bought for money, when you have circumcised him, then he may eat it. A sojourner and a hired servant shall not eat it. In one house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry it outside, carry any of the flesh outside the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when strangers dwell with you and wants to keep the Passover of the Lord, let all of his males be circumcised, and then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as a native of the land, for no uncircumcised person shall eat it. One law shall be for the native born and for the stranger who dwells among you. Thus all the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. And it came to pass on the very same day that the Lord brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt according to their armies. For the children of Israel, they had one law for all. Anyone who desired to keep the Passover meal, they had to come under the covenant of circumcision. And then they would become no longer a stranger, but part, he said, he shall be, verse 48, as a native of the land. Then they would be able to partake of this Passover celebration. The sufficiency of our Passover lamb, we're on the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ paid the price of our sin once and for all. All we need to do is to apply that blood upon the lintel and doorposts of our hearts for truly Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Let's go ahead and stand together. For those who are going to pass from death onto, into life to this day, according to the word of God, we have to receive Christ as our Savior. Here on Wednesday nights, we've been going through the ABCs of salvation, where the A stands for admit, that we need to admit to God that we are sinners and ask for his forgiveness. In Romans 3.23, it tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But 1 John 1.9 explains to us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have to admit to God that we are sinners. That's the applying of the blood of Christ upon the doorposts and lentils of our souls. We also need to believe, believe in the work that Jesus did upon the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and I would add his ascension into heaven. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrates his own love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the C stands for confess, to confess our faith in Jesus Christ, to share that faith with others. In Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, it tells us if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10, 13, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you have questions regarding faith tonight, you're here with us. Please talk to me after the service. If you're listening through our social media accounts or you're 
listening on WLGS radio, please email us at cclv at comcast.net, cclv at comcast.net. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for this evening, for your word. What an important chapter in the Bible, explaining so much detail regarding the Passover lamb, which, Lord Jesus, you came in fulfillment of the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. So we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came. According to the Passover lamb, you were a male in the prime of life, without spot or blemish. And it's through the application of your blood that the destroyer passes over that we are saved. I pray, Lord, that we know you as Savior. I pray, Lord, as believers, we would teach these things to our children. And Lord, if you should tarry, that they in turn would teach them to their children. Just as faith has been passed on to us, help us to pass it on to others. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Pray that God would bless you and keep you, that his face would always shine upon you and give you peace. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Let